This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, guys. DGS. Uh, Monday, I believe it was, we were talking to Rabbi Samuel Greenwald. He was in Jerusalem. He was there for the uh, the initial attack. He's back home now, and he's in studio with us, along with Monsignor uh, Ted from ICD, priest and rabbi, who've been together for, for many, many years now. Welcome back. We thank love you. you. We're thank happy you. to see that Appreciate you're safe. It. Thank you. And I, I really want to thank you all for showing your concern and as well as giving me the time to come on and explain some of the things that are going on there. You know, my son is in Madrid now. He, uh, when he got to the airport, apparently, I don't think an air raid siren went off, but a one of the, um, the Iron Drome missiles, do, Iron Dome missiles mm-hmm. hit a missile, and everyone ran into the airport and got on their knees like this. Yeah. And um, his luggage was still in the cabbie's, uh, you know, car and, and he's the cabbie is on the floor and the, mm. but, um, so it's still, uh, you know, it's still a little wild, yeah. you know, it's the wild Mideast. And so, uh, well, we're going to talk to you a lot. Uh, so let me start with Monsignor. Um, and let's start with this topic. Uh, so your experience with this, how you learned about it and just your, your thoughts, your feelings about what's going on in Israel. Well, uh, terrorism's, uh, not very controversial. It's uh, wow. You could just stop it's, right it's, there. It's, that is so. Well, that's so good. It's it's uh it's inhumane. Actually, I heard uh, another rabbi interviewed, and he said, "You know what?" He said, "This is not even. It happened in Israel, which several of us, many of us, call the Holy Land. But he said this is not really about politics or religion. We bring in that. He said this is about humanity. It's inhumane." And so uh, to me, that was, a, that was a, a good summary of it. And I think, I forget one of you in the last hour, I was listening on the way in, might have been Mark, I'm not sure who, who said this, but they said, you know, you know uh, terrorism is for people who are weak. And actually it reminded me of one of, the, one of the favorite themes of this current Pope, Pope Francis. Um, he said what the world, this is long before this, what he's been preaching, said the world needs a revolution of tenderness. He said, after all, does it take a stronger person to punch somebody out and do something wrong or to take it momentarily at least and sit there and talk about it and then see what do you do? Mm-hmm. There might be a time to punch back, but if that's the first, anyway, he what he was getting at was just even in our daily human relations, something as simple as a game. You're playing a game. The referee misses a call. You get mad. You hurt the opponent. Your team gets penalized. 
because that person was weak. The stronger player has the self-discipline uh, to take it, move on beyond that, not tolerated indefinitely, but the strength to respond just even in our daily human yeah. interactions yeah. with tenderness. Uh, Rabbi, I know you have a lot of things you want to talk about. Let me ask you first, though, uh, if you could kind of paint a picture for us. We've we've all watched television. We've seen, you know, the explosions, and we've mm-hmm. seen terrible, terrible footage. But having been there, now you were in Jerusalem, uh, not right next to Gaza, but paint us a picture. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if I said this last time. I know a young girl that's from around the block from me that was in 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 right at the southern border, and she was hiding in a, in a, you know, one of the bomb shelters that are in the apartment. But for, many, I don't know, like 17 hours, there were, there were, uh, sol- there were uh, terrorists in the streets firing uh, guns. Uh, it was very terrorizing. Um, you know, there's, the Jewish world's not that big, and everybody, there's people here in St. Louis that lost people there. I've, uh, there was a, a young lady that I saw that uh, girls went to camp with, and, and she was killed there. She was murdered. And, but I, I do agree with what was said is that this is a human thing. It's, you know, it's, an, an, it's really something which I saw a reporter, I don't know, was some, a member of the, of the U.S. government speaking about this, and he had seen some of the videos. He's not a Jewish guy, and he was crying. He was literally crying after what he saw. And so I think any person who's, who is a person that would see these kinds of horrible things happen to whatever people it is. And it shouldn't matter what group of people it is to see horrible things, you know, children dragged out of their beds at night and taken hostage. If you're just a human, this should should really, um, you know, be something that, that's hard to, hard to take and, and should cause, uh, you know, pain. Um, it, so it's, it's really, you know, Israelis are just shocked. Uh, I have to say is that I think that there has been a pretty nice, response around the world, which I'm happy to see that, I mean, most people are, you know, feel that this is really horrible. And, and you always have your, your the other people that are going to somehow or another try to uh, tell say that this is something which they deserved or something, some crazy thing like that. But, I, I, you know, I, I wanted to, and I appreciate it. I think a lot of people are praying, you know, which I really appreciate. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Sometimes beautiful things come out of horrible things. But, um, I just want to say is, you know, a lot of people were thankful to see me back, and I appreciate that. But I just want to say that I didn't flee Jerusalem. You know, I wasn't like, this was the time I was supposed to leave. My plane got canceled. I was there during the Gulf War when I was 25 and hiding in in a sealed room with gas masks on when it was Saddam Hussein. And the streets of Jerusalem, people should know, people are staying inside. The, The schools are closed. But there is food, and, and people are going about the business that they need to go about. And um, so, I mean, if I felt that I would have been, more people are returning there than coming back because there's a lot of Americans who are reservists or, or people living here are reservists who are going back, which to me is an incredible thing. They're flying back to Israel in order yeah, to serve. Yeah, it really is. And um, I have a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, that his son is uh, was in the Army and is a reservist. He was there visiting at the time, and now he's in the Army. And um, so if I felt that I could have been useful there, you know, I, I, I would have stayed. I left, I left regrettably, you know, and, and if I really felt that, that it was so, you know, dangerous in Jerusalem, I wouldn't have left my children and grandchildren there. But so, you know, life goes on in Israel. Um, there's just one thing that I really wanted to address, I just because I think it's important for people to understand now, which is, you know, a lot of people call Gaza an, like an, the largest open-air prison. And that makes it sound like the Israelis are imprisoning but, but I just want to give, again, a little context to this. 
The Israelis returned to Gaza, and there was no wall then, and there was no blockade. And then in, uh, when the suicide bombing started to happen after they returned, this was supposed to be peaceful. So the Israelis built a wall um, in 94. In 2005, the Egyptians built a wall. And then um, in 2005, the Israelis, they were building they were doing the tunnels. You know, they were doing terrorist tunnels. And so the, the cement that was supposed to be used to build apartments and houses for peaceful purposes was being used to build terrorist tunnels. And so then they started to blockade, a naval blockade, so that everything that comes in could be checked. So what I'm trying to say is that Israel didn't create this circumstance. They, they, you know, when you say free Palestine, it was open. They had, a, they had Gaza. There was no wall. There was no blockade. They don't want Gaza. They want Israel. And so that's what caused this. And so although it, it is, you know, a, a sad situation, but it wasn't caused by Israel. Let me ask a couple of questions. Sure. Um, uh, when, it, when we talk about humanity, it's really it's not about politics or, or land. It's about humanity. Uh, when you see the images of Gaza, which is already mostly rubble, right? And you know that there are citizens there who you know don't have fuel, they don't have light, they don't have food. They're you know, mm-hmm. in just a human to human way, how do you feel about the people of Palestine as opposed to the terrorists as a Jew? Well, I'd say a two a few things about it. One is. The, the major, major, huge difference, distinction that has to be made is Israel is not targeting civilians. The, the, the terrorists, that's the goal, is civilians. Israel, they, they just drop leaflets. I mean, you go read it online. They just drop leaflets to tell the—they don't have much place to go, but they said go into shelters. They're trying to warn them, we're not after you. So the difference between civilization and not and barbarianism is when you're, the goal is is to kill children and to kill— the, with the Israelis, the goal is is to get the terrorists, but they, they they come out and attack Israel and then run in back into schools and mosques. What what does anybody suggest? You know, I've heard people say like, "Oh, you have a right to defend yourself," but but what then? How would you do it? Tell me, give me how how you how you. Um... Now, the other thing I just have to say is is that what I would hope to come out of this, I was thinking about this today. Like in a certain way, the West has been a codependent, and maybe Israel too. A codependent, because what what we're doing is we're giving them just enough to keep doing this. Now I, ha- I have to say, when the, when the when the terrorists do this, everyone runs in the street and celebrates. So what has to happen is, in my opinion, is that the Gazan people now have to decide to tell Hamas we we don't want you to give them the. Do they have the power to do that? Like, is that is that realistic? You know, Iran had a revolution. You know, is it realistic? It's it's going to cause probably a lot of problems, but Hamas is not the most powerful force. You know, I, I think th- if the people rise up, will it will it cause some some havoc? Yes, but you know, they they were elected at one point, and so what has to happen, I think, is that the Gaza. I don't know any other choice. I mean, if somebody can tell me another choice, the Gazan people have to tell Hamas, give them back. The, you know, again, as I want to just remind everybody, imagine that it's your, one of your children. I have, I've, I've imagined this in my head. I have daughters and sons and I've sat in my head and imagined what would it feel like for me if my children were being dragged through the streets or would anybody say, what are they supposed to do? How many people would say, you know something? It's, you know, they, yes, they, they slaughtered my children and my grandchildren, but I'm going to send them goodies and food. I'm, I'm going to keep supplying for them. I mean, Hamas, has, you have to strangle them. They have to understand. 
either you give back all the hostages or face your people. And if I were those people, I would be saying, you know something, we're not down for this anymore. If uh, I know you're not a, a military person, right? but what would you expect if weeks, months from now, when Israel does what it's going to do and says, okay, we're done, we're coming back, what would you expect it to look like as far as <sighs> damage done, uh, uh, would Israel demand a change in regime, a regi- regime? Do you think that they would want to actually occupy or would you expect them to just come back into Israel and say, we have made our response and now we're going back to life? There are those people that are saying that there's a possibility that Israel could reoccupy Gaza. I think Israel somehow or another is going to have to be able to ensure security. At least control it. Control the security situation. And uh, whether or not, you know, that uh, I, I think that Hamas will be, you know, very, very degraded. Hopefully at that time, you know, you can start to rebuild Gaza under different circumstances. It's, it's very hard to know what will be. You know, I, I said to you last time I was here is, you know, that there's going to be a lot of very ugly things now. And it's, it's sad. But I, for myself, I put the complete blame. You know, you know what the saddest part is, is that the, the Gazans... And the Palestinian people could be so far now. I mean, if they would make peace with Israel, they could be flourishing. You know, they could really, really be succeeding. And they're under the, the control. This, this is not about land. I, I know they must, you know, the free Palestine. This is really religion. It's really they, they the, the Hamas and the Palestinian Authority believe that the, the Jews have to be wiped out of Israel. You know, they sing this song. I'm sure some of you are familiar with it, From the River to the Sea. Palestine must be free. If it's from the river to the sea, there's no Israel. They don't ever acknowledge. A two, the only ones who are talking two-state solution is maybe the Israelis did for a while and, and Europe and America. The Palestinians never show a map that includes Israel. Going to take a quick break. Uh, Priest and the Rabbi here. You can call in if you would like to get your opinion on the KMOX airwaves. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Three twenty-three DGS priest and rabbi, very heavy on the rabbi today for obvious reasons. Monsignor, I'll come back to you. Uh, any thoughts, reactions to what Shmuel's been saying, or anything new you want to add to the conversation? Well, I, uh, a part of uh, the Catholic tradition uh, with regard to terrorism, obviously, is uh, all bad. War in general is not a good thing, and uh, so that, that's that'll be the first statement that uh, the popes always make, war is bad, uh, war is evil, war is hell. Uh, at the same time, we in our tradition, we do have what's called the just war theory. The just war theory meaning if uh, the other side has tried for a long time, uh, pursued every other means uh, to try to solve the issue, uh, and there's, there's a way of standing up to it, then at a certain point, uh, the the uh, person must take force to stand up to the to the evil if that's required. I think I think it's a it's a, I hate to say beautiful theory about such an awful thing, but it's a to me it's a reasonable approach to the thing that sa- if somebody says, well, do you need to stay there and take it forever? The answer to that is no, depending upon what the evil is, and then <clears throat> the the rules of engagement, if you will, are that the reaction must be a proportionate means. Um, 
and that the damage that's done must not be disproportionate to what was being done before. So, <clears throat> the of course, while I think that's a wonderful rationale for handling a very difficult situation, uh, the the challenge, of course, always is uh, the, the dispute comes over, well, was every means exhausted or not? Uh, and in this particular case, uh, Again, terrorism is in a whole different league. It's not even war. Yeah. Uh, so, but when it comes to any kind of a war, when when one side measures what's going to be an appropriate response, then those principles come to light. I think they're a good guide. With regard to terrorism, it's a whole different thing. Yeah. Because by by definition, all the means were already exhausted. So, Rabbi, I know <clears throat> that uh, a lot of politicians, a lot of pundits, have been saying, "Hey, when it comes to fault or blame, we're gonna we're gonna we'll talk about that when this thing's over." But what's the temperature in Israel and especially Jerusalem about? Uh, oh my God, how did you let this happen? Mm-hmm. I, I think. I think that's going to be a very big topic. How did this happen? Um, Clearly some kind of failure. But, you know, I want to tell you, look, nobody is, I'm not saying mistakes weren't made. I don't know yet. But, you know, the idea, the the, the IDF is not, is fallible. Israel is fallible. The United States intelligence is fallible. There's going to be times when, you know, it's, it's, I mean, not God runs happened. the world, right? God runs the world, and, and I, you know, it's we don't know exactly why. I think there will be a lot of inquiry into how this happened. You know, I think right now, you know, Netanyahu just put together a unity government um, and brought the other side into the government, which I think is a smart thing. So that, you know, right now, you'd like to think that, you know, if you remember what it was like here after 9 11, like we all just felt like we have to unify. And um, Israel has just gone through a lot of problems, you know, with that. And, and I think that this is, uh, unfortunately, this is sometimes what it takes to bring everyone together. But I think that time will come. I think right now, um, first, you know, this has to be dealt with. And I think there are, there are going to be a lot of those kinds of questions and inquiry into how did this occur and, and with the hopes that it won't again. But, you know, it. Israel's not, there's vulnerability. Israel, you know, they, they can't lose a war. You know, everybody else, you can go, you know, three yeah, and one. Yeah, Golda Meir said there's nowhere for us to go. Right. Like, she said like to President Biden. Biden. Right. Yeah. She said, I, we have a secret weapon. Right. And and so that's the case is, is that there's, you know, Israel has to win every every single war or else, you know, the, the country will be thrown into the sea, which is the goal of the, our enemies. Uh, more with the priest and the rabbi after this. Your phone calls, 314-436-7900, 800-925-1120, on KMOX. Welcome back, guys. DGS on KMOX. Happy Thursday to you. I'm taking off tomorrow. My beautiful Phoebe's coming back for uh, early fall break. Here at the Priest and the Rabbi, Rabbi Shmuel and Monsignor Ted. Uh, Walter calling in from Kirkwood. Walter, the floor is yours. Go ahead. Yeah, you there? Sure I am. Everyone's listening. Go ahead. Okay. Well, first of all, my heart goes out to the Israelis. It's just horrific what these uh, terrorists are doing. But a little side note, these idiots that are protesting for the terrorists, don't they realize if the terrorists ever came into the country, they don't care if they're Christian, Jewish, Buddha, or whatever. They'll kill you just as well if you don't believe in our jihad. And these idiots don't even realize that, that it's, uh, you know, standing up for these, these horrible, horrible animals. Thank you, Walter. Uh, what about that? Um, it, it's... 
People are now doxing, to use a, I don't know, modern or maybe five years ago modern term, but uh, they're actually trucks uh, driving through uh, Cambridge with, like, you know, lighted signs listing the names of the students who came out in favor of Hamas. And people are losing internships. People are losing jobs. People are demanding the names of people at UVA and Brown and Harvard and places that signed documents. And lots of students are now taking it back because they're seeing that there's a fallout. Uh, Is that natural consequences or do you think there should be some grace for younger people? (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> well, me having been, I'm a former younger person, and, and I and I am uh, glad there was a grace for me. Uh, at, at the same time, yeah, I bet you're quite a hellraiser. So it's a, the it. I think with everybody, it, it, I, I when I've preached on this before, I've said, now is there anybody here in church today who didn't do anything? When they were a teenager or in their 20s, that was dumb enough or illegal enough that they happened to be the lucky person who didn't get caught. Uh, so, uh, or they could have got killed and nobody ever raises their hand. Mm-hmm. So I think it's true for most human beings. So, the, so to say there should be grace, of course. Uh, but on the other hand, that's part of life's lessons. Yeah. You, we, we teach the children as a, in the first grade, uh, you got actions, you got consequences. And so that's, uh, I, I think both can be true. Uh, in this case, you know, how harsh should it be? Well, I would say that's up to a, a future employer or a future spouse or a future whatever in their relationship to decide just how bad that was. Uh, but in general, I think, I mean, it's a free country, free speech. Uh, they spoke freely. Well, now people are speaking freely in return. Rabbi? Yeah. No, I, I would say this is, you know, if if a person says something which is, let's say, anti-Semitic, and they apologize for it, they say, I made a mistake, I apologize, I was having a bad day, somebody who's Jewish did something bad to me, and I said I, I overreacted. And so I'm all for, forgive it, it, you know, people, if they make a mistake. I mean, if you keep doing it over and over again, so then like, you know, it's something that you have to get on top of. You know, I don't know what to say when you have people that come out for this terrorist activity and they're, they're doubling down, you know, they're they're So I, I don't know what to say. I think like you're going to have to face the consequences yeah. of, you know, what you're doing is hurtful and damaging. I mean, how do you think that feels to people who have children that are, you know, in danger or have been murdered to see people supporting the other, you know, the other side, the people that murdered them, so there are consequences to that. And, um, you know, I think that's just unfortunate yeah. for them. That's the way it goes. I, in the old days, you know, a lot of things people did is, you know, no one would know about it. But nowadays, you know, it's all on. True. Right. You got to be careful. Let me ask a, a giant question. And I ask this with the utmost respect uh, as a uh, open-minded agnostic, as you both know. R- earlier in the segment, Rabbi, you said God's running the world. Yeah. Um, help me as religious people and clergy, how you make sense of this. Uh, and I know you don't know the mind of God. I understand right. that. And works in mysterious ways. I got that too. But right. when you see this level mm-hmm. of horror, mm-hmm. uh, to remain faithful is impressive. Yeah. You know, um, 
One of the things that I always tell people is, is that whenever we get unbelievable good, you know, you and I were both born with eyeballs that see. So that's a billion-dollar asset, which you and I did nothing to deserve. Then we were given a nose, and I could keep going. We were all given at birth $100 billion or more, really. What would people pay to get their eyesight back? In, and having done nothing for it, having done no, nothing to deserve it, nothing. And so what I always say to people is we're always willing to accept good without questioning the justice of it. We never say, I demand justice, take my eyeballs back. I didn't do anything good to deserve them. You get, it, take it back. It's not just. So my point is like this is I can't make sense out of what happened, but I also acknowledge the fact that I don't understand everything that happens in history and, and what the whole plan is. You know, little children don't really understand the things that their parents do. Sometimes their parents don't make sense. But I'm saying even really good parents, you know, um, your kid says, you take your kid to the store, the kid says, I want that toy, and you say, I'm sorry, I can't get that for you. And they say, oh, you have that little plastic card that they'll just let me have it. And they don't understand a bill comes at the end. And so my point to you is, is I know this might be hard to accept, and it's, it's hard for me to accept, but God does things that we don't understand. And so just as we accept, we're always willing to accept the good. Without any question, we never question the justice of it. So I, I don't question God's justice on this. I don't understand it. I know what, what you know. Judaism says is that we have to trust God and we have to try to always use everything that happens to better ourselves. For those of us that are living through this, how can we become, as a result, better, more caring people? Hopefully this makes us care for each other more. Hopefully that those of us, right. how do we battle this this barbarism is to become even farther from who they are? You know, I remember when I was in Jerusalem, sometimes I would be on a bus and the bus would get stoned by terrorists. They'd throw rocks and hit the bus. And I would just think to myself, thank God I'm on the inside of the bus and not one of those people on the outside throwing the stones. Mm, interesting. And, um... And so what I would say is all of us, and, and, you know, as was pointed out by the Father, this affects all of us. All of us need to think to ourselves, how can we even be farther away from the barbarism? How do we love each other better? How do we become better people? That's what we know is how to react to it, right? We all have to shed some tears and say, we, ha we have to do better, you know? And so I don't understand it, I, you know, I, I, but again, I don't understand all the good. There's so much. We don't, you know, we fail to really fathom all the myriad of good you know, you walk into a supermarket and look at, the, you know, the, 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 all the food that's in that place. And I always tell people, everything that's above the ground, without exception, came from the ground. We this, have what the rabbi was uh, quoting, was the, the story he was telling, as I'm familiar with, is from uh, what we call the Old Testament, what he calls the Hebrew Scriptures, the book of Job. That's what Job says, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And he says, we expect good from God, should we not also ex accept the evil? And so the, uh, the, uh, philosophically, we typically call that the problem of evil. Uh, why, how, how can it be that such evil, such horrors exist? Well, the answer is that we say free will. And we were created with free will. I mean, even we say some of the first beings created, the angels, some of them sinned. They had free will. So, they, so do people today. We say, in a certain sense, if you're not free to do bad, you're not free to do good. So the, the, the choice is there for, for all of us. It's that, it's thank God we have free will. It's what makes us human. It's what makes us the capability of doing, like, incredibly loving and heroic actions and sacrificial actions. But that same free will 
leads to things like terrorism. Follow-up question, but related. Uh, how do you think a human gets to the point where they can cut a baby's head off or burn a grandma while she's alive? How does that happen? You know, I don't know about you, but if it's a very large bug, I have a hard time stepping on it. If it'll make a big crunch, you know, um, generally I throw, you throw them out of the house. And the thing is, you know, I think it's, it's, it's a bad, um, there, there's a bad um, culture there. There's a culture where, where um, people that are growing up under Hamas, you know, they, they use, I don't know if you've ever seen this online or not, they use Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck to teach kids to, to jihad, to kill. I think that uh, these people are being brainwashed, a lot of them, by uh, a philosophy and a culture that is, is violent in, in its nature. It's, it's, I don't want to indict any, any culture. I'm not indicting all of you know, Ar- you know, Arab or Muslim culture, but there's certainly a portion of it which is very violent, and and it's they're breeding this because they're, they're creating you know, these little kids. I've seen it. I don't know if you've seen it before, where they're they're saying seven year olds, you know, we're going to go to Jerusalem and we're going to stab everyone. It's it's a very it's child abuse. It really is child abuse to raise people like that. And so that's the only thing I can say is is that you can you can desensitize people into thinking that they're doing a tremendous wonderful act, and and uh, you know by doing horrible things. It's really, to me, unfathomable how somebody can do that to another human being. Yeah. I, I can't even I, fathom I how. give a, a two-word answer, unhealed wounds. Um, and people, like just this afternoon, my last appointment before I came here was with somebody who just has just suffered a terrible wound in their life. And I said, you know what? I wish I could reach into your heart and pull out that pain, but I can't. You have a broken heart. But what I can do is help you to make sure that your heart does not become hard or that it that it does not become mean, I want and so that's that's where we are with, with all that. And some people have never had that blessing of leading people in a different direction when they've been wounded. Going to do one more segment with the priest and the rabbi. Uh, people calling in, your phone calls are more than welcome. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Welcome back, guys. DJ Anson KMOX. Top of the hour, we have Brian Kilmeade from Fox News. We moved uh, Dave Murray to 4.30 p.m. Very thankful today for doing that. We wanted to spend a whole hour with Monsignor Ted and Rabbi Shmuel, who just returned from Jerusalem, was there when the attack happened. I offered uh, Rabbi the chance to answer my question privately off the air. He said, no, I'd rather answer it on the air. So my question is, uh, to what extent in this situation does good old-fashioned vengeance play a part? You know, I'm not, I understand when people want vengeance. I, I understand that it's a human, for many people at least, it's a, it's a human emotion. They want, they want to see, you know, it happens in our court system here in America. A lot of people want to. But um, I don't think that should be the goal of what's happening in Israel. I don't think that that is the goal, is, is pure vengeance. I think the goal is, is that we have to do away with uh, a, a, a horrible enemy. And so I think that should be the, the goal, is the elimination of the, of the danger and um, so, I, I mean, I don't think that Israel at this is just taking revenge. I, I think that they're going after. I'm not saying there's never any place for it. I'm not saying that. I mean, there can be times when I'm not going to judge people that feel that they want that. I, you know, I've spoken to families that have had terrible things happen. And some feel they want that and some absolutely don't. But I, I don't think that that should be the goal here. And I don't think it is. I think the goal is, is the elimination of the threat. 
And um, I, I think it, this this time they really have to, you know, do away with Hamas and and, and render them where they they're they're done. Yeah, I know you've done this since you were a young man. Um, what is it like being in a bomb shelter? What is it like uh, hearing the Iron Dome? What is it like seeing a rocket? So. Um, I got to tell you, I don't know if you're interested in this, the, the, the way more frightening time was the Gulf War because I was in the Gulf War when I was like 25 years old and nobody knows what poison gas is supposed to feel like. You know, you all know what an explosion sounds like. So like, you, you know, when I was in the, like, wait, is there gas? Like you start, like what, you don't know what's supposed to happen exactly. And sometimes the masks weren't very good. And so when the, when the um, siren went on and you were outside, you had to run in the gas mask. And you can't run in the gas mask. You can't get enough air. And so it was pretty frightening because you'd have to pull it off to breathe for a while. And you're like, is there gas? And I watched people. You know, a lot of people don't believe it's going to happen. So what happened was I, the gas mask supposedly didn't work too well if you had a good-sized beard. Jews tend to have beards. And so what happened was I saw a lot of people frantically shave off their beard wow. in order to get the, the gas mask on. Yeah. And so, you know, you had to run into a sealed room where it had um, plastic over the windows, and then you're supposed to put a wet towel under the door, and you're listening to the radio, which says, you know, after a missile attack in Israel, and that siren is, is pretty eerie, I have to tell you. And when it went off the first time, 2 in the morning, it might have been the most frightening, or 12, 15, it might have been the most frightening moment wow. of my life. But, you know, whenever you... Um, have like just now when I was there, there's different reactions. A lot of people during the sirens would say psalms. You know, a lot of people, myself included, would, would pray to God and say psalms during the. Uh, but you know, you have different kinds of people. Like you know, there's a lot of seminary girls in Israel. There's a lot of girls who are 18 years old that are visiting from America to study, and to watch 18 year old girls, you know, run away under sirens. They're not they're not mature enough really, and their parents are in America or in England. You know, uh, France. None, none of them. This was expected, and so, um, you know, there, there's there's a, a, whole, a whole lot of fear. There's a yeah. whole lot of expected um, discomfort. You know, I remember one time I was on a bus that got stoned, and a woman grabbed my arm. You, I didn't know. You know, it's just shaking. There, there's a, for a lot of people. That's what terrorism does. Is it messes with the mind. You know, I, 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 and so, and they know that, you know, they want to do the things that, that, that lead people. They want to make people uncomfortable and afraid. Yeah. And so um, it's, it's never, you know, it's a little uh, discomforting. And I got, you know, like I said, is when you hear Iron Dome, Dome work, when I was there the first time was the Patriot missiles from Iran, right? Cause the Patriot missiles though, can't stop these, these little bombs that the, um, the, the Hamas uses. But when you hear it pop, and it's in a certain way, it's very uncomfortable. But on the other way, you're happy that you know that that it was hit. And so uh, it's it's a tense, it causes a tense environment, you know. It, yeah. it's, it's a tense environment there. Final question. Unfortunately, you only have like a minute. Uh, Catholics disagree with each other. Uh, Republicans, Democrats, Jews, Orthodox reform. How hopeful are you that this can bring Jewish people of different levels of Judaism together? Long term or short term? <laughs> I, I would say I would say short term. I'm very confident that uh, we can all get together. Uh, long term, I wish I could be more. I hope you know. It's the question is, can we learn the lesson and, and not demonize people? Can we learn the lesson and say, you know, we can disagree with each other? If you think you're right, so talk. You know, you should be having, if you, if you have a convincing argument, make it. And, uh, but so I don't know. I mean, I, 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 it's like in America here after 9-11, you know, we said things would be different forever. Yeah. 
and it's not true. Yeah. And so I, I don't have a lot of confidence in that, but I'm hopeful. And we have to keep trying harder and harder yeah. and harder to stop demonizing demonizing people that disagree with us. Yes. Monsignor Ted, Rabbi Shmuel, uh, welcome back. And even as an, as an agnostic, I'll say a prayer for your family. Thank you very much. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 